Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Rodcast with me, Paul Johnson. I hope you're good. I hope you're well. Um, the weather's nasty. Uh, the nights are darker. Uh, the wind is stronger. And all in all, it's getting a bit grim, uh, if I may say so. But that's good because in our species section this week... We're going to be looking at those autumn predators again. Last week we looked at the perch, and this week we're going to be looking at the pike, the legendary fish that has had a bad rep over the last few years. All about its teeth, and it's a predator, and it's a nasty fish. It's actually a very good, efficient predator, and quite a delicate fish as well. So I'm going to be telling you how to catch them, or at least helping you, catch those on floats and that's float fishing for pike on our species section this week and in our tackle on test feature another rod has appeared at our offices and i was very pleased about that but it's another three-piece speedcaster these things are getting very very popular indeed this time it's a brilliant rod by a lovely company that have been around many many years and i don't think there's an angler out there of my age I won't tell you what that is, that hasn't heard of the brand Shakespeare. Oh yes, Shakespeare, one of the best tackle manufacturers around, brilliant for doing budget gear. So I'm going to be testing a rod from Shakespeare that is the three-piece salt beach caster. And I'll tell you how I got on with that when I went up the beach at Hythe and put it through its paces. So welcome along, one and all, to the Rodcast. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well, it's always exciting when you get a nice tubular-shaped package arrive at your office and uh, can only mean one thing. Either somebody's brought you a massive tube of Smarties or they've uh, given us a rod to test. And this week, I'm so pleased to say that we were given a really nice beach caster rod from the long-term established heritage brand, if you like, company called Shakespeare. Now, if you haven't heard of Shakespeare before, I'd be very, very surprised because somewhere along the line, no matter how old you are, you would have heard of the brand Shakespeare. They've been around absolutely donkey's years. And I remember having Shakespeare intrepid reels, if you remember them, the little freshwater reels, going back years when I was a young boy. Shakespeare was always affordable tackle, which is a great thing. And they've kept that ethos throughout the years. And Shakespeare still make equipment affordable at a high quality. 
So let me tell you a little bit about this great company. As I say, they'd been around years. It was 1897, in fact, that William Shakespeare Jr., not the William Shakespeare, but a guy called William Shakespeare Jr., set up a company called William Shakespeare Jr., and it was founded in Kalamazoo in Michigan. In 1915, they changed the name to the Shakespeare Company. In 1939, Shakespeare invented the backlash break, and the Wonder Reel was one of the first most popular reels to hit the market by storm. And in 1970, Shakespeare's corporate headquarters is moved from Kalamazoo to Columbia, South Carolina. They first came to real big fruition over the years with their Shakespeare intrepid reels, making little fixable reels for the freshwater market. And they were always good quality equipment, made out of good quality materials, but always seemed affordable. And despite having a few setbacks, like some fishing kits being recalled because they had lead paint on, in 1996, the ugly stick light rods were introduced using the whole world process triple built construction for a lighter weight rod. On and on they've gone. In 2005, the Synergy Titanium family of spin cast reels was invented and an award for the most exciting new design. In 2007, Pure Fishing and Shakespeare Fishing Tackle joined forces to form the world's largest fishing tackle company. But over the years, they've always had great equipment. They've had lots of awards and they've been making equipment for many, many years. And I've had lots of Shakespeare equipment over the years, including multiplier beach rods, big spool rods, and especially reels. And they've always been quite a good thing at a good price and lasted quite well. So zooming forward now to where we are. New for 2022, Shakespeare brought out a new range of rods called the salt and these are the shakespeare salt surf rods and there's a whole range of these rods ranging from pier rods over to 13 foot rods 14 foot rods etc etc i'm going to be talking about one particular rod which i got sent to me which is the three-piece 14 foot rod called the shakespeare salt xt continental surf rod which is a three-piece rod and it is really nice Unwrapping it, it became apparent that Shakespeare have still got a few of their identifying features on their rod. The butt section of the rod has got a wonderful crisscross pattern just above the reel seat. Listen, this has been on their rods for quite a while now, over the years, and the last rod I had from Shakespeare was a 14-foot multiplier beachcaster rod, and it was very similar blank with that crisscross carbon fibre design, which I always liked about that Shakespeare rod. But this rod is no different. It comes in three sections. It's 14 foot long and it looks really nice. There's a nice patch of white on this as well. Just above the real seat, you've got about a foot going upwards. And there you hit the Shakespeare white brand, banded with Shakespeare's logo on it. And the name of the rod sits just above that. And it really does look nice in black and white. Kind of matches the tip section because the top three rings are in a nice Shakespeare white. And this really did look to me as if it would really light up on a dull day or even at night as well. So, what's it all about? The Shakespeare Salt XT Continental Surface 14 foot long. It's new for 2022 and it's built out of high quality, high grade carbon blank. The rods are especially designed to be used for a fixed spool reel. And because of the combination of the long lengths being 14 foot, in this case, with a slightly softer action, they say that you will be able to flick a weight out and achieve effortless casting 
with effortless casting distance using a simple basic overhead cast, which interests me because that's one of my main ways of actually casting. I do do an off the ground cast, although my casting technique is a little bit more sideways. I quite often just do an overhead thump. And personally speaking, and if I can find a rod with a gentle overhead thump, that's going to send my weight out, then I would be a very happy boy. They say this casts from four to eight ounces. I'm not sure, maybe, I don't know. So I thought I'd better just get up that beach and do it. Let's give you a little bit of background. They say this rod is paid special attention to giving the blank a little bit of leeway in the middle, which is exactly what you need for a good, powerful casting action. Next to that, all models in this range are fitted with the quality DPS style reel seat. It's a high carbon, slim blank, as I said, with a special SW proof low rider guides. Lightweight and responsive, they say, the blank with a sensible tip for perfect bite registration. The handles and the butt end are K shrink wrap casting grip, and the tip is highlighted in a nice white with stainless steel low rider rings. And there's eight rings on this rod. So, what did it feel like? Well, I fancied going to Hythe Fishing. I hadn't been there for a long time. It's not far away from where I live. So I took the rod up to Hythe Beach, loaded it with a five ounce casting breakaway on Hythe Beach, a nice, simple running trace. I partnered this rod with my favorite reel, which is my Iowa emblem, which is loaded incidentally with 18 pound line with a 60 pound shock leader. And I like this reel because it's one of those big chunky fixed balls that are really made for this kind of rod. Putting the reel in the reel seat, it seemed very comfortable. It screwed up very, very smoothly actually and felt good once the reel was nicely tightened up. I noticed straight away these rings are very nice. As I was pushing the line up and through the rings, they really do look like nice rings. And I've had this before with other Shakespeare rods. They don't cheat on the quality of their equipment and certainly don't cheat on their ring quality. Really nice shape, really nice strong rings. Once together, the blank felt really good. A little bit floppy, but yeah, it's to be expected on a 14 foot rod. My main thing was to get a weight on it, get a trace out there and start casting with it. The first cast with this rod, I've got to say, I was really surprised on how far it actually flew out. I really did basically do just an overhead thump very gently because whenever I get hold of new equipment, I really do treat it with kid gloves because you never know what you can do with it. And the last thing I want to do is try and whack out a big cast and you know something fall off or snap it off or whatever. So my first cast was literally a very gentle overhead thump and it really did feel nice. There was that trademark whoosh sound that you get with these big 14 foot rods, but it doesn't really bother you once you're used to that. It certainly didn't bother me. Luckily enough, I had a really still day when I took this up to Hythe Beach so I could feel exactly how the rod's performing with what I was doing on it to cast it rather than what the wind was making me do. Quite often it's difficult to judge when there's a gale force wind in your face or coming down the side of you to actually get a feel of the rod. But I was blessed on a lovely sunny, quite chilly day to go and try this rod. So the second cast a running trace again, five ounce weight, nice shock leader, had a bit of confidence and really did give it quite a heavy overhead thump. And I've got to say, it really did fly out nicely. Once again with long rods, I tightened up and it's quite difficult because they're so long to get a good angle, I find, personally, up in the rod rest, you know, so I can see all the bites. 
but after tightening up the line I could see the rod moving gently in the tide which was good. First bite I got was a lovely little knock and the rod did really give me good indication to that. It knocked three or four times and dipped down and I thought that's nice. Good bite detection on this rod. I reeled this in and it was whiting, not a great big whiting, quite a reasonable size whiting, but a whiting all the same. That's what you get for using lug and squid off of Hythe Beach these days by the way. Loads of whiting. With a bit of luck you might pick up a bass if you throw out a big squid. So on the next bait up I did just that. I put my panel uh, running trace on and put a really big squid on. So I had a really heavy bait on and put some lug worms on it. And then I used a five ounce weight again. Because I wanted to know how this rod performs with the heavy bait on it. After all that's the season we're coming into now. The whiting, the coddling season. You want big baits and you want to throw them out quite a way. And even with the big squid bait on and a five ounce weight, it really did fly out nicely. Going back to my sideways casting a little bit, I found it a little bit cumbersome, but then again, it's a 14 foot rod. So maybe not really suitable for my particular style of the sideways cast, but certainly for an overhead cast, it's going to be good. And it felt like that's the sort of cast you should do with this. I don't do pendulum casting, so I can't actually tell you how, I, how it would perform with that. But what I did try as an off-the-ground cast, and that was quite interesting, it really did fly out. Once I brought that rod up and to the point of release, the weight flew out at a lovely angle, and it really did fly out nicely. The rod tightened down nicely as well, so when I did find a position I could actually look at in the rod rest, I could see that the rod would be quite capable of holding the bottom and holding your bite detection even on the windiest of days. Now it was a calm day so it's difficult to tell but I just got the feeling that with the shape of the rod and the feel of the rod and the way the rod tip bends over when it's tightened up I think even on the windiest of days this salt would be a good rod to use. And fantastically when you look at this because the Shakespeare gear as I say is renowned for coming in at a good price bracket and I'm really pleased to say that this rod at about 50 quid got to be a bargain. But what you get with the quality of the rings, the quality of the real seat, the quality of the carbon blank, the actual look of the rod and the feel of the rod looks like a much more expensive rod than about 50 quid. And that's what Shakespeare have always been good at. And they still are very good at that. I really liked it. And I've always liked Shakespeare gear. But you have to remember, as you go through the years, things do change. And some rod companies kind of lose the plot a little bit and some of their gear isn't quite so good as it used to be. But this particular rod, I must say, very impressive, and it's the sort of rod I could would like to have long term, and I think it's a good buy. At 50 quid, with Christmas coming up, why not? That is the Shakespeare Salt XT. And I would say to you, if you're thinking about buying a surf rod in the continental style, then this one could be a perfect choice. And that is your tackle on test for this week on the Rodcast. If you like this podcast, then why not check out one of our other amazing Create Podcasts? If you just want a good laugh, then check out The Weekly Roast. Listen, listen, bitch. Oh, listen, make, make, make an entrance. I'm a week off sugar. Uh, I, will, I will fly <laughs> to the UK and I will cut you both up. <laughs> 
For the more cultured ones among you, join Laura Wright for Music in My Life. <laughs> yeah, yeah, let's go. <laughs> I'm so let's glad go. no one can see me right now because I'm doing. I was doing some weird <laughs> dance moves. You had nothing then, yeah. Prefer a deep chat? Connie's got you covered on How Are You, the Wellbeing Podcast. I just became a lot more productive and happier. Mm. And for me, like, that's just worth it. The Weekly Roast, Music in My Life, and How Are You? Just three more podcasts to feast your ears on. Find them wherever you found this podcast. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Well now, getting colder, yes it is. Getting rainier, yes it is. Lots of leaves falling around on the floor, yep. And those winter winds are starting to bite, aren't they? But that's a great time to start turning our attention to some predator fishing around our rivers and lakes. And I'm going to be looking at one particular fish now, which has had some bad reputations and some bad reports over the years. But really, I love them. That is the pike that freshwater shark as it's known as the one with all the teeth and the long nose that will bite your hand off if you're not careful you know the one that's been reported to bite babies toes off if they dangle them in the water all those horror stories that we hear about pike don't worry that hasn't happened it's a myth okay the pike are a freshwater predator and they are very very fierce predators but to us they can't hurt you Okay, they've got some teeth. That's just that you have to be a little bit careful when you're unhooking these, and I'll tell you a little bit about that later on. So, the pike. Proper name for it is the Essox Lucius. That's the Essox Lucius. Um, It's one of the world's finest freshwater predators, as we speak, actually. But despite being looking fierce, having a bad reputation as being a freshwater shark and, and a fierce predator, Um, The pike is actually a very fragile fish and the utmost care must be taken when you get them out of the water and you handle them. We'll go on to that a bit later as well. What do they look like? Well, they have a large bony head with a prominent forward upward looking eye. 
and a broad flattened nose uh, with a large mouth and the mouth has got a, a fair set of dentistry in it i can tell you that much it contains a fierce arsenal of teeth with rows of backward pointing razor sharp teeth in the top jaw and larger needle-like teeth in the lower jaw the head is mounted on its long sleek body it's almost like torpedo shaped this fish with its fins being primarily rear positioned and that gives it its extra speed when attacking its prey individual markings of these fish are unique to each and every fish though no two pike are the same a bit like our fingerprints in a way or our dna it really doesn't uh, you never get one exactly the same but as a general rule they're olive and cream color this helps the pike camouflage itself in the reeds and that it dwells in very very good evolved fish a fish that's evolved over millions of years, obviously. The British record for pike, for a caught pike, is £46.13, ounces, and that was in 2015. The pike can live up to 25 years, but around about 10 to 15 years is more typical, really. They have a distinct colour, and they're very fierce in their uh, appearance. How do we catch them? Well, they prefer to hunt by sight. So they thrive in less heavily boated canals and rivers. Waters that are clear and weedy suit this fish very well. And the hunting style of the lurk in the reeds and the weeds waiting to pounce on an injured or small fish. They can be fished on dead bait, which is a very popular way of getting them on a float. Or they can be fished on spinners, plugs or lures. It's a very simple way of fishing actually. And it requires the minimum amount of gear. Um, and this suits an angular that likes to roam around rather than sit in one place. Uh, I personally like to hunt around a bit and move from place to place when I'm fishing for pike. Because you never know where they're, where they're going to be lingering. And I'll get onto that a little bit later as well. What we do know is the pike can get very big. So you need tackle that is strong. Uh, and years ago we used to fish for them with sea fishing tackle. A little bit over the top that really. Especially in today's day and age with the technology that we have around us for fishing so really you only really need a 12 foot rod or a 13 foot rod something like a carp rod would actually do or a barbel rod something along those lines not a thing you really need to go out and spend a lot of money on something like a diowa black widow or even a shakespeare shakespeare rods are quite good shakespeare specimen a fish of these on normal carp gear if you've got a carp rod now there are some special pike lakes around the UK and they come into season around about now through the autumn and into the winter but rivers and canals also hold pike. Most rivers will have pike in. They're a wild fish, they're a predator and it's good to fish for pike because you know exactly what you're looking for. It's highly unlikely you're going to catch anything else when you're fishing for pike and that's mainly because we use dead baits and lures unless you get an amazingly big perch or if you're really lucky a zander you're not really going to go wrong with a lure or in our case what we're going to talk about is a dead bait and that is a packet of bait you can get from the tackle shop you can either get a packet of smelts which are a soft fish to use or you can get a pike dead bait pack which kind of holds roach and different fish the sort of fish that a pike would normally eat but they're frozen so how do we catch them well the tackle rig is quite simple really you're going to need 10 to 15 pound line a bit like you would do with a carp or a barbel um the end tackle pike have got big teeth as we said and they will 
snatch at your bait and it can cut through your monofilament line. So it's always best to use a wire trace. And you can buy these wire traces ready to go at your tackle shop. And they're not very expensive. Get a pack of three or a pack of five wire traces, which come with a swivel. And you can just attach them to your main line and then put your dead bait on the hooks at the bottom. Or, alternatively, you can make your own wire traces by getting some wire trace rig. And the system is very similar to a bit of sea fishing tackle, really. You'd have your main line. You come off of your main line, the swivel, and then you would have a wire trace attached to that swivel. And you would tie that by going through the loop of the swivel back on itself and then twisting that round. And the best way to twist wire traces round, if you're going to tie them yourself, is to get some forceps, clip them down on the end of your wire once it's been through the hook and back again, and then spin the actual forceps round so that it twists your line round for you nice and tight. And then cut off the end and pull it tight and that will do you perfectly well now size six hooks are about right don't really want to go too big but the only trouble with treble hooks is most of them come barbed which is quite surprising even in today's day and age a lot of the treble hooks are barbed there are barbless treble hooks around if you look for them but if you do find yourself with some barbed hooks what we do when we load on our dead bait to basically put the treble hook on but with a pair of pliers squash down two of the barbs that way it's going to be easier to get out of the pike's mouth as i said we'll get onto that a little bit later but just by nibbing that down they're usually quite soft you can flatten that barb off and just leave one of the treble hooks with the barb still on it and that is only because you want to put that into the back of your smelt or your roach your dead bait whatever you're using with your roach and your dead bait, usually they're about six to eight inches long. So you want a trace or you want to make a trace which really has two treble hooks about six inches away from each other, maybe eight inches, no more than that. I tend to have them a bit closer. I like about four to five inches because pike take the bait sideways and then they like to spin it round and take it down their throat. So really five or six inches apart, two treble hooks is perfectly fine. And what I do when I'm dead baiting with smelt is to hook one of the treble hooks on the back of the fish just behind its head and the other one midway on its flank on its tail so the fish looks quite natural in its way and insert that quite deep and that is the barbed hook of the treble that you push into the fish now there's no harm if you're a little bit worried about it coming off and getting some elasticated cotton from a sea fishing tackle box if you've got it and if you're a sea angler you'll probably have some in your box anyway and winding around those squid and lug baits no reason at all why you shouldn't use that when you're pike fishing to get a bit of elasticated thread, wrap that round, and that presents your bait in a nice straight fashion. Now with float fishing, as I said before, I like a nice chunky float. So you can have a float which goes right through your line. A sliding float is always best. Then a couple of line stops, rubber stops, or even some split shot if you wanted to. And that way you can adjust the float depth just like you would do if you was doing normal float fishing. The only difference is, is the line's going straight through that. Now with float fishing, you want a good amount of the float out of the water, especially in this time of year because quite often it's a little bit of wind about and your float's going to be bobbing up and down. You don't want that float line too low in the water because you won't see when you get a bite. If you get a sudden gust of wind and your float goes under, you might think that's a bite, but it's not going to be the wind. So, I would get a nice, strong, chunky float, about four to five inches long, and about an inch diameter is a good size 
for a float, a sliding float that goes straight through your line. And then with your shot or with your rubber stops, you can adjust the depth that you fish your dead bait. And that's a great thing to do. Because it's very easy as you move round in the lake or the river, wherever you're fishing, to have that easily adjustable so you can slide up and down. Because sometimes, quite surprisingly, these pike will only be in four or five foot of water. Other times they'll be a bit deeper. So you need that flexibility. Usually I start off when I'm dead baiting with about three foot, the dead bait going three foot. The one thing to remember when you're float fishing is that a float will be cocked nicely if you put a lead bullet or a metal bullet weight underneath that. When you first put your float in the water, what I tend to do is test that. So I leave it quite high because by the time you get the dead fish on, but that's going to pull your float down a little bit further. So I like to have a good two inches of my float or an inch and a half poking out of the water. And I like to have a bright orange aluminous float. It tends to be good colour with the rivers and lakes. You can always see that, especially if you're getting into the twilight or it's a very cloudy day. And it's easy to just adjust your depth as and when you want to. So striking them. Now, don't forget, they take the bait and they spin it around very quickly. Now, when we're freshwater fishing normally, and when we're fishing in the sea even, we tend to strike quite quickly with our fish. But with pike, they attack the fish, your bait, fiercely and quite quickly. So in order to make sure that the pike doesn't swallow this too deep, if you strike quickly, you'll find, after catching a few pike, that if you strike quick enough and take up the slack line very quickly, lift the rod tip and keep your line tight, then they're not going to take these treble hooks down too far. And that's going to make it easier when you come to get your hook out of the pike's mouth, which can be a bit scary at first. Leave you me. So you've struck, you've got your pike on, you must use a landing net as well. And I would also recommend an unhooking mat, because as I say, although these fish are fierce and they're a predator, they are quite delicate. And once you get them out of the water, you want to limit the time that they are out of the water to as little as possible because you want to get that pike back in and let him away as soon as you possibly can. So it's quite a good idea when you're pike fishing to be prepared. So have all your tools that you need to unhook your pike by you so it's quick and easy to do. And those tools are basically a good pair of scissors, a good pair of forceps and some long nose pliers. Now they are the most important because you want to be able to reach into the pike's mouth and unhook it without jeopardizing your fingers. And that way, with a pair of long nose pliers, long handled pliers, I've got a pair which are about nine to 10 inches long, which I find great because you can then easily push that into the pike's mouth and get the hook out. So when it comes to unhooking them, the best way to do this is to get the fish out and lay the fish down actually on its back. Sounds weird, but if you lay the fish down on its back and straddle the fish, so get them in between your knees, make sure you squeeze your knees a little bit, not too tight, don't squash the fella, then you know that he's not gonna flap around and then try and hurt himself and you. So by kneeling astride of the pike, it kind of holds it nice and tight. Now, if you look at the underside of the pike's jaw, you'll find several slots and if you open those slots very carefully, you'll see the red gill filters. Now they're bright red. Try and avoid touching them. Because that's what the fish breathes through and filters all the water oxygen. Just slide your finger along past those red gills and you will find a bony bit of jaw where you can get three or four fingers in. 
And then when you lift that, you'll find the pike opens its mouth automatically. And that allows you to see inside the pike's mouth from behind. And you can see with your other hand exactly where that hook is hooked. And about nine times out of ten, they've taken it and it's in the mid area, the middle area of their mouth. And you can see it and access it quite easily. On some occasions, it will take it down a little bit further. Um, maybe it's dashed off with it a bit quick or it's swallowed your bait a little bit. In that case, you can actually go in through the gills at the side. But as I say, bear in mind, be careful that you don't actually affect the red gill covers there. Go in alongside those if you can. And sometimes you can access your hooks that way. And this is why I said in the earlier on stages to flatten those barbs off. Because it makes it a lot easier when you haven't got barbs on that hook to get the pike off. You'll find this way you'll get it out very easily. Sometimes you get it out with the forceps and you can get a grip on your hook. And other times I find it a lot better to use the note than the pliers. The quite narrow nosed long handled pliers I find the best to get them out. Once you've released the hook don't hang about with it. I tend to put the fish back in my landing net and just give it a bit of water and you'll find it will start writing itself and it will be fine. Um, when you're releasing it, if you grab the fish by its tail and just let it right itself gently, gently, and then when its gills start going, just let it. You don't have to drag it backwards and forwards in the water. That's also a myth. You just put the fish gently back in the water, supporting its belly and holding it by its tail, and then just letting it find its own positioning in the water, and then you'll find they dash off and they live to fight another day. But they are beautiful fish and they're great fun to catch. So the main thing to remember when you're pike fishing is treat it with care when they're out of the water, turn it on its back, straddle the pike in between your legs, slide your fingers in and open up the mouth and use your long nose, long handled pliers to get your hooks out of the fish. And that is how you unhook a pike safely. And nine times out of ten, that's going to be everything you need to unhook your pike and release it. Good luck with it and go and catch some of those pike now and do experiment a bit with the baits as well. Sometimes they like roach, sometimes they like smelts. You can even catch them with a slice of mackerel fillet as well. They do take those as well. Next week we'll be talking about catching pike on lures. But in the meantime, good luck with your float fishing and that is your species of this week on the Rodcast. Well, time's beating us again on the Rodcast this week, but thanks for joining us. It's been nice to have you along. Do hope you've enjoyed this week's podcast. Good luck with your pike fishing as those cold days get colder. And uh, hopefully, if you ask somebody nicely, they might even buy you a Shakespeare Salt Beachcast for Christmas. Don't forget, we're out every Thursday on your usual download platforms with fresh episodes every week. So tell your mates to make a date with the Rodcast. Next week on the Rodcast, we're going to be talking pike fishing on lures. And oh, what fun that is. So join us again next time on the Rodcast. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, 
premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.